Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Set in the early 1980s California, the story of Driven follows the meteoric rise of the golden boy of the automotive industry, John DeLorean, and his iconic DeLorean Motor Company through the eyes of his friendship with a charming ex-con pilot turned FBI informant by the name of Jim Hoffman, played by Jason Sudeikis. DeLorean turned to unsavory activities to save his financially troubled DeLorean Motor Company, and it was Hoffman who was all too willing to lure the car designer engineer into a cocaine trafficking ring set up by the FBI. The film stars, in addition to Jason Sudeikis, it also stars Lee Pace, uh, Judy Greer, and a, and a whole slew, Corey Stoll, and a wonderful cast uh, of people in this film called Driven, and we're joined today by the director of the film, and that would be Nick Ham. Nick, welcome to Film School Radio. My pleasure. Very good to be here. Thank you. Sounds great when you read it like that. <laughs> Sounds really, uh, I love it. I'm into it. <laughs> we we got to make that movie, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to make that film. That sounds great. <laughs> well, congratulations on the film. One of the strengths of the film, there are many, but one of them is your ability to capture this time in in uh, the 1980s. There's it. You did a nice mm-hmm. job of capturing the the ambiance, not only the look, but the ambiance, the feel, and the and a lot of the sort of zeitgeist of that era. Uh, and also, uh, you're able to, in this film, Driven, able to set a tone, a certain kind of film that you were, uh, that pulls us through this entire story. Tell me a little bit about how you came into the project, and if you'd like to discuss sort of how you established the tone that I'm describing in the film. Well, we came into the project because st- my, my screenwriter partner and I, we'd done a movie together before uh, called The Journey, and, and this was our second movie together. And we, we, as we're working on one movie, we're about to do another one now, but as we work on one movie, we kind of start on the next one. So we were always fascinated by the DeLorean story. I was born in Belfast. He is from Belfast. And for those that know anything about DeLorean, he built the car in Belfast. So we were aware when I was growing up of this rather sort of strange playboy-like American figure who'd built a factory in the middle of a war zone. And, you know, we, I was conscious of the story for the last 30 years, I guess. I was also conscious that no one had made the story. And I think that the reason had, and they tried many times, and one of the reasons why is because they all tried to do a biopic of the story. And I think that, that uh, biopics are quite tricky things to pull off uh, because a filmmaker, in, as a filmmaker with a biopic, and you, if you announce that it's a biopic, then you have to be truthful to that person's life. You can't lie. You can't say this person climbed a mountain if he didn't climb a mountain. And it, so it, there's a lot of restrictions. If the per, if you're, I guess if the person you're doing that biopic on is not interesting enough, you've got problems. So as dramatists, you, you, you know, you're restricted to what you can invent and you're, you have to imagine situations. That's not fair. So we never wanted to do the biopic. We wanted to find a way into the story and so when we discovered that Hoffman, who was a total scumbag and an absolute liar and a cheat, lived quite close to DeLorean in Southern California in this rather sort of upmarket, rich estate in Palmer Valley, when we discovered they had a kind of an, a friendship, we thought, well, this is an interesting character. Hoffman's an interesting character because he's, a, he's an absolute, he was an FBI informant working for 
for them at that stage to try and bring down a guy called Morgan Hendricks, who was bringing all the cocaine at that time in Southern California from the cartels, flying them in on his private planes. Hoffman had had a checkered past and a very, very bad record. And he wasn't a nice man. But he somehow, his collision course with DeLorean, the fact that his kids played with DeLorean's kids in the street, the fact that they had some sort of accidental friendship, if you like. When DeLorean hit the rocks, when his the whole thing was going down, it just so happened that that man happened to be standing there offering a solution. Now, that was the catalyst of the story. That's what made us go, okay, we can tell this story through this character of Hoffman. Right. In terms of tone, what I also realized, we went and shot the movie in Puerto Rico because some of the architecture in Puerto Rico is 1970s California. It doesn't exist anymore in California, but it exists in Puerto Rico in estates and houses. And that sort of, that world, if you like, was very, very easy or easier to recreate down there, funnily enough, than it would be in actual, in California itself. The world of beaches and, and cafes and bars and, you know, and, and, and barbecues and outside, cocaine parties and all the rest of it was something that was, you know, was, 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 it was easily adaptable down there. What we also knew about the story was that the style was very important, but it shouldn't overcome the content, and it, it, it never should. And it should also, you know, in, the, in a way, the movie is a buddy movie, mm -hmm. but it, 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 and it's a buddy movie and because it, it deals with that relationship between the two of them. You actually find yourself rooting for the relationship to work. I always believe, that's why I like Colin's work, that you shouldn't whack somebody over the head with the emotion of a moment that you shouldn't, you don't need a sledgehammer to show the disastrous emotional state that someone's in. It's better to someone laugh in the face of a crisis and play, and play the humor of that moment. So I quite like to tell stories with a wit and a humor. If you can tell that story with an audience and, and allow the audience to laugh as you go through it, that to me was the most important thing. So yes, define the world, define the culture, define the color, get your camera angles, get every, get your, your design to be that slightly over the top 70s feel and place in that real, real people having real emotions. Don't overplay it. Don't extend it. Don't make it, cr you know, don't reach for the craziness. The craziness is already there. Play it straight almost. And then the tone will emerge and the comedy will come from that. The comedy will come from the situation. Not, it will be organic to the story rather than you placing it on top. Right. So that's how you find that tone. Uh, and I, I've heard that uh, uh, about DeLorean, his, the difficulty in telling his story. In fact, there, the documentary that came out earlier this year, there were four or five attempts to do a documentary about him. Well, actually, it was a combination of what you just described, documentaries and narrative films about him. So he, he's a challenge because he is a, he's a rather mono um he speaks in a kind of a monotone he isn't a mo very charismatic mm -hmm. guy uh, on his left to mm -hmm. his own devices but he's a very interesting guy which is kind of an inter you know sort of that's the that's the issue i think right and then uh well i think yeah the issue is is yeah the issue is he's not the, the reason that biopic is hard with him is that i don't think he changed the world like he didn't he's not steve jobs he didn't invent the iphone you know, he didn't, he did, he's not Richard Branson. He did, he's not Musk. He's not, you know, I, don't, I mean, well, I don't know whether Musk changed the world or not, but he's like, but he, he, he didn't actually do anything other than put a rather spurious sports car 
onto the onto the streets as it didn't really work that well. Right. You know, his base, his main ability was in self promotion. Right. Which which interesting because I think there's a little Delorean in Musk, but that that's for another discussion. <laughs> uh, uh, I think there's a little of Delorean in a lot of people. So I really wanted to talk about tone because it is. Uh, it's there's a lot of comedic moments, a lot of moments that you 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 yeah, as you you described it very well, and I think the key to this is the casting of Jason Sudeikis in that role he, because he's able to bring enough pathos to Jim Hoffman and give, but at the same time, uh, he's also able to play someone who can't quite get it right, apparently can't quite get it right in a way that Correct. you're empathetic to as well as you're sort of you're sort of ticked off at at the same time. Correct. Correct. He's 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 your he's a lovable loser, you know, and I think that's what Jason does very well. He you know, Jason's a very endearing actor. He's yes. a very endearing character, you know, as a person. He so you can't cast someone in that role who's in any way nasty or dark in terms of this you know the chippiness or the darkness you can't do that you have to cast somebody who has a kind of who you kind of feel for really yeah, yeah. and who who manages to lie to absolutely everybody and that the when as he lies you know you put a smile on your face right and you know that that's as you say the cornerstone of the film because if jason had had been any other character in that situation you wouldn't have felt for him. You wouldn't have believed. You wouldn't have believed the story. And Jason, you know, that what we did in the story is made his one redeeming thing that he loved his wife, loved his family, is doing all this. To, you know, he's on rock bottom. DeLorean's on rock bottom, and they both try this stupid idea, which is to turn two million into thirty million from a coke deal. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. In this performance by Jason Sudeikis, uh, he, he's he he's all surface. There, uh, there. It's hard to see. A whole lot yeah, under <laughs> under that that you know what he what he's presenting is what this guy was, it, where where yeah. there's other characters in the film where there's at least with Lee Pace you feel like there is there's an internal thing going on with him and his performance and when trying to Correct. trying to find trying to find John DeLorean in his in his performance right or he's in channeling him maybe that's a better way to say it. Well, I think you're right. I think that what Lee does, I mean, there's a moment in the movie where I give him private, you know, I, most of the movie is told through the character of Jason's eyes. So it's kind of hard. So in other words, no. you are going into a scene through Jason's eyes. You very rarely have a move scene in the movie without Jason. Yep. I think there's only one or two right. with the girls. So therefore, the, there is a subjective nature to the way the film works. Right. You are looking at that through the lens of him. He is the one in the scene telling you that story. Yeah. Now, whether that's reliable, whether that's truthful, I don't know. Right. So when you see DeLorean, you always see him in the context of Jim. Yeah. Now, we put Jim in certain circumstances, so you see DeLorean in different places. But there's only one little private moment with DeLorean when he closes the door after the speech. You probably remember in the first, you know, one of his first scenes, and he just... You realize the pain that's going on behind him, right. and I think that's what Lee did did very successfully right. in a very subtle way, in a very gentle way, allow the audience to see actually the gloss of this is just gloss. Yeah. This is like underneath this is a man 
you know, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a put it like this, is a duck paddling in the water, yeah. fast and furious. And on top is the duck serenely moving. Yeah. And that kind of, you know, there's a man fighting for his very existence yeah. in that sense. And I think Lee did that with, with kind of effortless grace. The other things about the film, I've always loved uh, Judy Greer in everything she's done. So to see her in this yeah. film, I think she's fantastic in the film. Uh, and she brings all the qualities that I love so much about her work. Uh, Corey Stahl is wonderful in this in this film. And I it's rare I've seen a film that sort of skirts uh, a comedic sense and tone as effectively as yours does without sort of giving it up. And it's it's a right. difficult. That's the thing that I really really admire about this film is rarely have I seen a film that's able to sort of maintain. This is a very very thin line in this film, and I thought yes. <laughs> and, and, and and so I I always it's it's I I can I can appreciate how difficult that is to not want to go a little darker and deeper than because the the story sort of feels like that has to go it that way mm-hmm, but you manage mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you managed to very effectively not and um i don't even know if i have a question i just want to compliment you on on <laughs> on that on the ability <laughs> of the, as a filmmaker and also let people know really quickly that if uh, the film uh, is called driven and the website is drivenmovie.us and there's a facebook page uh, love indie films and uh, for you to go check out more about this and it's coming out here in theaters in Los Angeles on August 16th coming out on Friday August 16th and I, 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 it's a wonderful film and and and, uh, and it's a high wire act as well so it's all of those <laughs> things and, and and effectively done and uh, I really appreciate this so anything you want no I, pre- more? I think it's fantastic it's a great summary I think very cool and uh you know it's and, and it's it's a, it's a, it's um it's a it's a great ride the movie's a is a is a very fun evening in the cinema so i'm very happy to offer up a piece of entertainment for everybody to enjoy themselves and and eat their popcorn and sit back and have a you know have a fun evening you're exactly right. It's a fun ride, and I and I want to just yeah, I want to compliment uh, as you mentioned Colin Bateman and your co-writer co-scriptwriter Alejandro Carpio uh, for their work here, and uh, we've been talking with the director of Driven, uh, and that would be Nick Ham. Nick, thank you so much for spending some time here on Film School Radio. My pleasure. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.